Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Just do the thing. All right. Yeah, just do the thing. I'm just doing the thing. <laughs> good to roll. All right. Oh, we're good to roll. Are we recording? Yep. Yay! Yay! Okay. Hi. That's so nice. Like enthusiastic cheer all around. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. everyone and welcome back to the repair podcast i am pagan your host this week and joining me as always is my co-host dan what's up everyone and what's up what's Pagan? up why well, i'm good what's up with you you good uh uh yeah i'm good <laughs> it's like mm, let me check mm, yeah um... i'm all right <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're good <laughs> and joining us today is no stranger to the repair podcast stephanie hi steph hi. welcome hello aka jacory Jikori, 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 it's yeah, Jikori. Um, where did the name come but, from? I'm glad you asked. Hey, <laughs> there we go. I feel like I've asked before, but go ahead. Read my. Memory. I played, I played uh, Star Trek Online, um, uh, on and off for years. Mm-hmm. And one time, I was trying to create a Bajoran character, and I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out what I wanted to name her. So I just let the the system name me. Oh, it was no a random way. auto a name. Random generated name. Yeah, uh, and oh, um, so name. I had to come up with the idea of how do I pronounce this. So I said Jacory. Mm. Okay, all right. And then that was right before I registered my gamer tag with Xbox Live. So I just ended up using it there. And then when I got Steam, I used it there, and it's just kind of followed me since then. It's a nice little identifier. I did not know you were a Star Trek fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Because, like, I Tra- mean, yeah. side note, I would um, be really interested in doing a Star Trek episode with oh. uh, Drew and Wayne. Mm. And oh, now you. And Brandy. <laughs> yeah, on all there. giant the Star Trek Brandy's also a giant oh, Star Trek God. fan? Brandy's a massive yes. Star Trek fan. How did I not know this? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> massive. You should all have, like, a little free-for-all. You know what? I'll just be the person being like... <laughs> Go ahead. I'll just Explain moderate. It. I'll I'll do the I'll do the producing on the side, and you you moderate paying, and we'll let the them debates. just have at it. Yeah, I'll just be like, listen, <laughs> why Star Trek? And then, and just then stand let back. them go off for an hour and a half. Yeah, just just cheers, bud. <laughs> why? Do yeah, we why? Have, have a reason? <laughs> well, you know, why would I watch it over something else? Like, why would I watch That's it true. over anything? Yeah, yeah. So, like, what 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 makes Star Trek? Tell me more about this concept pitch it to me in the hollywood room i'm sure somebody will go for, off on that one that time yeah thank you thank you <laughs> if anybody wants to hear that you can put that in the comments and let us know oh god yeah let us <laughs> know if you want so to many hear nerds, like, in in our community there's like because every so often i'll be talking about something and they're like yeah i'm not really a fan of that um i used, I used to really be like uh, you know big star trek fan and i'm like what like what? okay 
cool. I'm actually I did more, not know this. I'm a new Star Trek fan, if that's possible. You're a new like Star Trek I used, fan? I used to mm-hmm. not like Star Trek until the last couple of years. Like it was mm-hmm. back in like 2017 or 18, I started watching The Next Generation and I was like, oh, I get it. I, I get it now. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Is that available somewhere now? Like, if I wanted to watch that right now, is that, like, available on Netflix? It, it's or? on Netflix here in the States, as far as I know. It is. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's on Netflix in Ireland. And CBS All Access carries everything mm. Star Trek because of uh, their uh, ownership property. I feel like I might, for CBS, I would need to get a VPN, mm. I think. Possibly. Um, um I, I watch it through Speaking Amazon VPN. Prime. You can <laughs> yeah, no. I wish that was we like do not have a, VPN a segue sponsor. into sponsorship. That would be fucking dope. <laughs> VPNhost.com. Is that I'm what gonna, it is? I'm I don't even just, know what it's called. <laughs> I'm checking Star Trek. While you're doing that, I can uh, let uh, people know that Stephanie is joining us this week as a uh, our one-on-one replayer guest that we're going to get to know yeah. Stephanie a little better this yeah. week. Yeah. For sure, for sure. It's not. It's not on there. Just the animated series. Oh, the new oh, one? I've heard that's oh, wow. really good. Yeah, the I'd like to watch it. really good. And Nolan's in that, too. Yeah, and Jack Wade, right? Yeah. Jack Wade, yeah. yeah one of the main. Better start watching that. Wait, but uh, if none of none of you guys have watched that yet? I have not watched it yet. Stephanie? What? The new one? The new one? The yes. new animated series? Yes. It's would so I need to? It's would so I need funny. to have context? Probably not. No, no, not really. But if you have seen, I would say if you've seen uh, The Next Generation and you've seen the original series, if you've seen those two, a lot of the jokes will drop little callbacks. Uh, Okay. You don't don't need it for the humor, but it takes the humor to a next level Uh, if you know the background. Like inside jokes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. I will definitely check that out. Uh, but yeah. yes, as Dan said, welcome, Stephanie. Um, it's really lovely to have you back on the show. I know that some people might not have um, uh, listened to the other episodes or anything, so we're just going to do a quick catch up mm-hmm. and uh, ask a bit about yourself, if that's okay. Where Where are you from? Good to know you, Stephanie. Where am I from? <laughs> where are you from? North Carolina. Um, I I am currently in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've lived here pretty much half my life um i grew up in a small town a little uh further toward the coast uh from here so eastern north carolina is home and it's been home for for most of my life oh okay have you ever moved outside of the state i have uh i lived um up in danville virginia for a year because i was working at a place near there uh and and for five months, in when I was thirty years old, I lived in California, in Anaheim, California, what? with no two Filipino ladies. That were it was the best five months ever. <laughs> for five months, why such a short time? So I went out there to take some IT training, and then I got hired to teach at the school. And then the school went bankrupt, so I couldn't stay. Aww. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's nothing uh-uh, unless I get a job like next week because uh, the, there was embezzlement. So I didn't have enough paycheck. They they even cut me off. Like, oof. so like I didn't have cash at all. Hey, well, wow. time to go home. <laughs> like, I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going back to North Carolina. 
by. <laughs> and I drove like cross country, like to get there back and forth. It's, oh, oh my, wow. You drove cross, cross country to get there? Yeah. Yeah. It took, How long it did that takes, take you? It takes about four days if you're driving somewhere in the eight to 12 hours per day. Range. I must have been hauling How ass. How often did you make that trip? I drove from California just, just to New York there, in two that? and a half days. <laughs> and that's the longest distance you can like pretty much drive across the country. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's, all uh... blowing my mind. Honestly, this is just all like, firstly, the fact that your school could go bankrupt. It was a private school then, I presume. Yeah, it was a commercial trade school kind of thing. Oh, okay. uh, there were two brothers that had started it. And apparently what we didn't know is that they were notorious for starting businesses and embezzling and then oh. and then closing the business and then going off and doing something else. Uh, yeah. So I actually took a school loan out to go to it. And my school oh. loan was completely forgiven oh, because nice. of the legal issues wow. that they had with that school that is um, good <laughs> that is shit. a tale <laughs> that is a tale and then what did you but it got me to california for five yeah months for five that months that seems kind yeah. of nice though like i've been there for a day and a half <laughs> i was there for four years but that sounds so much more boring to say wow well, i was in the military so <laughs> that's yeah. true though i mean five uh, months is a stint <laughs> you know what it i mean is. it yeah. is a stint did you head back then to North Carolina from there? Have you been there ever, then in North Carolina yeah. ever since? Yeah. yeah. Ah. Okay. Fair. And you're um, a voiceover artist, right? Or a voice actor? Voice, what do you, uh, sorry, what would you consider yourself as? Like, what would you title yourself as? Because I don't want to do that. You know, when you're like, oh, you're a voiceover. And they're like, uh, no, a voice actor. I'm like, oh, shit. Excuse sorry. Me. My bad. My bad. Um, I'm a little. So what would you, what would you um, classify as? Uh, mostly voiceover. So the only thing that I've actually gotten paid for is narration. So it's, it's cool. not, uh, necessarily acting. I, I act like I'm teaching it. Uh, <laughs> do you have a specific voiceover voice? Good question. I have a very well articulated voice where I try to, uh, actually remove my, like I know Pagan's voiceover find voice. A sentence. Yeah, we'll that's true. solve your crimes when you run out of options, and we'll need a paycheck. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, that was good. Yeah, I so that. I I do that for work. So I I help create um, online learning stuff uh, with my job, and so I do the voiceover for that as well. That, which cool. is why I took time to actually build like a sound booth and everything. Mm. That's also so. What is um. Do you mind if this is too personal, by the way, at any point, no. just tell us and we can move on and we'll cut it. Um, but what do you do then um, in your job or your company? Do you work for a company? Or are you working for yourself? Uh, I work for a software company called Red Hat that's actually headquartered here in Raleigh. Uh, we're a global company, uh, but uh, I think there's the, one the in Ireland. Uh, there is. There is yeah. one in Ireland. I've actually uh, worked remotely with some of the, the people in Ireland. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I my background in my career is uh, training. I've been everything from a middle school teacher to a, a tech school uh, Linux administration instructor. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. 
That was from, that was from Dan making you do the voice. Oh, Dan. No, no. It's from it's from the fact that it's spring here now and allergies. Pollen. That sounds like no, me when I try too hard to do like me. demon voices. I'm like, oh, hold on, just a second. It's just yeah. Stephanie's process. Decline, decline. Uh, uh, uh. So my headphones connected to my phone. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, now? we can hear you. Okay. That was weird. Sorry. <laughs> I heard a little bit of vibration. I heard but... like your phone buzzing or something. I'm yeah. like, what? What was What's that? Happening? Okay, I'm taking that off. I'm putting that in there. Um, well, my phone, my uh, wrist also buzzed, so I had to take that off. Uh, where was Jesus, that? for a second uh, there, I thought you were telling me your wrist actually buzzed. Like you, your, your wrist buzzed. You had a buzzed. vibrating my, wrist. My... I'm like, do they have some sort of chip that I don't know about? Like, what are you talking about? Realizing oh, we're high tech here, man. Yeah, listen. we are high tech. That's the, that's the Apple uh, uh, Watch Five. America. <laughs> <laughs> it was just my little Fitbit. Uh, yeah. Um. So, uh, so I've been everything from a uh, middle te- uh, uh, middle school teacher to, um, like I said, like a Linux administration instructor. Um, I've been a tech writer uh, because I. I actually really enjoyed the writing side more than actually delivering the training after a while because delivering training is wonderful, but you have to travel everywhere and it gets tiring. And mm. and I just kind of wanted something where I had a more predictable schedule and could stay at home a little bit more. <laughs> Not a homebody, but come on, when I'm traveling half the month, that that gets mm-hmm. a bit much. Um, so I ended up at Red Hat doing tech support just to get my foot in the door and then they saw that i had the training background and now i'm back in the training circles but by doing the voiceover for training uh well no i started with creating training so they they moved me into a position where i was writing um and editing training uh for for the company Mm. um internal training so it's not the customer facing training that goes with our certification courses that's a different team our our focus is our internal employees and how long have you been with red hat uh seven and a half years now oh wow yeah Yeah, it's the longest i've been at any one job (laughs) because (laughs) it industry being what it is you know sure layoffs and all sorts of stuff for sure but I presume uh, your passion is in voiceover and um, narration or voice acting. Is that right? It Something is. Um, <clears throat> it is. But I have to admit that because I've, I have had such a long career in the, the writing and training side that, you know, you get to a certain point um, where you've had years of experience and there's a level of comfort. Uh, you know, you're, you're at a salary level that you're comfortable with. You're getting benefits of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a big risk to try to leave that and do something completely new. So um, I hear you. Yeah, just been finding mm-hmm. ways to work it in when I can. Um, if it was natural for me to do it at work because we needed voiceover for our stuff. And I'm like, hey, I want to do that. And then uh, they heard me do a couple of them. And then they started saying, hey, can you do all of them now? (laughs) So, so yeah, so I do that. Um, I I don't do like the quantity that comes through. I'm I'm probably in the booth for only a couple hours a week 
at most. Um, That's so most more than most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I hear you on that, though. I feel like especially if you have, um, honestly, I think like, yeah, salary definitely plays a good part of it because you need to pay rent and fees and mortgages and things like that as well. Yeah. Totally get that. But I do think like, you know, the the benefits really do help, especially if it's like mm-hmm. health benefits or dental or maternity leave, like especially for me or anything like that with my company. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. I'm loving these benefits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm sticking around for, for these. <laughs> um, yeah, which is kind of cool. Whereas I think like maybe before... I wasn't in this particular role. Like I'm like in a role with a very big American company. And that's why I think the benefits are so good. Mm-hmm. So I hear you. I hear you on that. Arish. Especially with Red Hash. I yeah. think like knowing what I know of Red Hash, I think they are very good em- employers and people that oh, I know wonderful. who are employed by them. They've definitely been there for a long, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great company. I, f- I feel really fortunate. Uh, I, yeah. I work with a great team too. Uh, most of them are actually uh, in India. So all my meetings are in the morning. Like I'm getting up at like super early in the morning to have these meetings. And then in the afternoon, I'm like, okay, meeting's over. Can I take a nap? Wait, 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 what time time would you get up? Like what time would you have a meeting at? I I say it's early, but people who are parents of young children would laugh at me. But seven o'clock is is early to me. So (laughs) early for, yeah, for meetings and stuff. Yeah, but That's for so them, cool. it's the end of the work day. So we try to really be courteous ah. and, and schedule it when it's convenient for all of us. And I don't mind waking up early because it's great to jump on a call with those folks and, and work with them. Mm-hmm. And with COVID then, are you working from home? Have you guys been working from home for the past year or do you always work from home? Uh, that's a great question. So uh, even though the Raleigh headquarters is here and I could go in if, you know, sans, you know without COVID being a thing, yeah, uh, I could have gone into an office and I hadn't, you know, been going on to the office for four or five years. Um, <clears throat> with so many of my coworkers actually not being uh, in Raleigh or in the same office as me, it didn't really make sense for me to hold a place in the office. Um, mm-hmm. Some of my coworkers are there, but the majority of the team is scattered around the world. So it made a little bit more sense for me to work remote if that was something I was comfortable with. And headquarters was getting kind of packed. <laughs> it was getting really busy in there. Uh, mm-hmm. So I asked if I could start working remote. So I had gone remote about a year prior to the the COVID. Uh, no way. Yeah. So, so you I actually prepared. had a routine going. <laughs> yeah. And then all my teammates who had been going into offices, that's they were the ones being thrown for a loop. So I felt like I was able to be a point of stability for them and, and help them out. Help everybody mm-hmm. kind of figure out how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a similar situation. I didn't go, I didn't go home. I didn't go remote, I guess, for a long time, but I was mm-hmm. remote the December before COVID. Yeah, because that's when you changed jobs, um, right, Pagan? Yeah. Changed job in December. The hotel job you were working to working from home with your new yeah. job. Yeah. So you're And initially kind of... I was like <laughs> kicking myself in the butt that I'd moved my job. 
because I was like, oh, here I am working from home every single day, clocking in, clocking out, talking to customers. And I could have been at home paid by the government because it's <laughs> COVID and nobody can work anyway. And I would have mm. had like six to eight weeks off. And like, now I'm so thankful. This is a year on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people still like they don't have their jobs or they couldn't afford to stay on government. So they had to they had to try yeah. and get something else or move, move jobs, try and do something remote. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah, honestly I, don't know where yeah, I'd be right now if I hadn't. I left my job three months prior, four months prior. Yeah, and I have no mm-hmm. idea how that would have worked out if I hadn't. <laughs> like, I don't it's know. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? Like, it's just crazy. so many like, people I know are associated with uh, theater or live productions, and yeah. they were the worst hit of all the folks that I know. Yeah, uh, layoffs. My- cancellations yeah yeah but yeah That's it just great. hits people COVID hits people in a way that like we didn't even think of and we're so fortunate to have work from home or remote yeah. opportunities as well I really do there you go pretty fortunate um, <laughs> pretty fortunate I think mm-hmm. though probably working from home then going off of that Stephanie will probably mm-hmm. give you a lot more time to explore or I guess, engage in those hobbies or passions that you you do like doing, like voiceover and voice acting. And I know you have a podcast, mm-hmm. a yeah. Gen X Replay podcast. Fellow do you want podcaster. to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, fellow podcaster. Would you like to tell us a little <laughs> bit about your podcast and how that came to be? Yeah, it kind of started as um, me trying to do stuff on YouTube and realizing I don't like to to be on camera. Oops, sorry. <laughs> We're just, uh, I don't mind we're being audio on your podcast. For our audio listeners, uh, yeah, disregard. Audio. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it, it's more like I wanted to, um, I wanted it to be more conversational style. And a lot of times when there's a camera on you, it, it doesn't feel quite as relaxed when mm. you're trying mm-hmm. to have like a conversation, um, when you're talking like one on one with someone. Um, and so I kind of wanted it to feel like really personal, like two people talking versus two people, you know, on camera. Um, and that's not nothing against this podcast or any oh, other God, that, no. do that for sure. Um, uh, so I decided to just kind of do it as an audio only, but, um, really I felt, I guess I was feeling a little bit of the weight of my age. <laughs> I turned 48 in a month. What? So, uh, yeah. So that shocked um, me. I thought you were going to say something like thirty-eight. No. Oh my what? God, Stephanie! You can share the fountain of you secrets Wars. after this. Thank you. Well, that's Much a big part of your podcast, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. So I, but I felt like you know we were in a position where our generation was had a voice, but the voice was often being drowned out. Uh, by the the generations before and afterward us and so uh, we had a lot of things that we could say and we're we're proud of and I I wanted to create a podcast around just talking about us and and the things that we experienced growing up and how unique our experience was growing up because we straddled the line between there's no such thing as the internet. No one has a computer in their house. What are you crazy? I can't afford to put a computer in my house to now everyone having, uh, you know, a a library in their pocket. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, 
so it you know it that and all the the uh, pop culture that you know came up with us uh i just kind of wanted a, a place to talk about that and celebrate that and have fun so uh, is it just yourself oh, on the sure. podcast so I host it and edit all the stuff, but I didn't want it to be just me just talking because I thought that would be boring. Uh, I want to listen to just me talking constantly unless they're taking one of my e-learning courses. Then they have um, to. <laughs> yeah, then sure. they have to. Yeah. I try to make it interesting, you know. Uh, That's what inflection yeah. for. Yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I started with the very first thing that we did was me and Hoot got together and started doing like post episode discussions of uh, Star Trek Picard as the first season was coming out. Oh. So, uh, so that was a lot of fun uh, because he got to trek out and then I got to experiment with this new podcasting thing. Uh, and learn the tools and uh, get used to editing two people talking and not just me. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I've learned a lot. And <clears throat> my friend Frankie, uh, who I know from the ballroom dance world and swing dance world, uh, he said, Hey, I've got an idea for your podcast I think would be fun. And he, pitched me the throwbacks idea of, of talking about uh, things from our childhood. So I do a portion of my podcast on Thursdays. It's throwbacks Thursday. Mm. Uh, that's him and, and me and him talking about a topic. And we've been able to tie in other people that we know, cool. uh, depending on the topic, if they're like really into that. Uh, and, uh, and then recently, um, Brandy uh, and Charlotte and Shana, mm -hmm. all uh, wonderful replayers that are also Gen Xers like myself, have been all able friends to of the do... replayer podcast as well. Yeah, indeed, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. have been able to get together and do a little bit I call unicorn lunchbox, which is us talking about how cute. Huh? <laughs> just just girl talk. It's more more girl, girl talk. talk. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I see. That's a good way to phrase it, though, for sure. <laughs> So, I, I I wanted to come up with something that sounded like it came out of the eighties. <laughs> if there's rainbows and sparkles, and some... it actually does though. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. That was that was good because it's now relevant to like Gen Z as well with the unicorn idea. And, uh, I love it. Mm -hmm. I think that's good. You got it going. I like it. The yeah. only thing more eighties is the talking Trans Am. So. <laughs> We gotta do a Night Rider episode, man. <laughs> so uh, would you um would you be Gen X as well then, Daniel? No? I actually fall very just shy of the line. Like I consider myself a Gen Xer, but I'm technically not based on the year that people believe <laughs> Gen X starts. Yeah. What but are you usually then? cut are it you, off like at nineteen eighty? Like, what is it? Right. Yeah, they cut off at nineteen eighty. But I'm nineteen eighty five. But I still grew up with that similar experience of before the internet, you know, mm -hmm. and like technology was still evolving as I was aging. And oh. I have a lot of similar memories. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't Technically, know, I, yeah. you're a millennial. Technically, I'm a millennial, but I sure as shit don't see hoot, myself hoot. as a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and all right I, with I, being I know a, a lot of 
Yeah, a lot of millennials I know that had older siblings that were Gen X, mm. Uh, mm. really, that, you know, when I talk to them, I just assume that they're Gen X because the, the conversation just feels I'm very much an 80s yeah. kid, like, through mm. and through. I love my 80s, 80s cartoons, 80s movies, 80s music, yes. like, I love everything from the 80s. I don't know mm. what it is. So it's hard for me to see myself as a millennial, honestly. Yeah. 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 And I have Fair. that I have that very distinct <laughs> memory of life before the internet and life after the internet and life you mm-hmm. know, I'm very nostalgic of like, man, I remember video games when they were just, you know, beep boop boop, you know, Atari joystick <laughs> and you know, I've been there for all of it. Like obviously yeah. we had arcades, you know, as early as nineteen eighty. But home mm-hmm. gaming consoles started in nineteen eighty five when I was born. Obviously I was a little too young then to really <laughs> be you know playing those things but that's what i grew up with was you know an original nintendo i had an atari i had space invaders i had a legit space invaders cabinet (laughs) that i don't know how we got it i think my neighbor stole it (laughs) off the back of a truck or something but (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have any of that i had playstation one yep yeah (laughs) there you go Uh, yeah i don't know i'm a millennial through and through like i fucking (laughs) millennial a middle millennial <laughs> millennial millennial Liz. <laughs> yeah. and and I, I always tell people you know just because my podcast is focusing on gen x doesn't mean that i think any less of the other cohorts you know mm, it's just sure. we have a very unique voice and a unique experience um and we absolutely love all the other cohorts that are our friends and family um we're we're just there to share our experience um that's in a way that's unique to us so that's fair that's cool so i so when you said that you were doing like throwback thursdays and things like that are mm-hmm. you talking about like games videos movies or is it just a particular oh, like a, a product that was in the 80s that you now miss or you know what i mean oh. like is that what it is Everything from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy to oh. Transformers to Goonies to um, I remember Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, Probably Stretch Armstrong. There you go. But I maybe do. it didn't come to the we UK until malls. 1995. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, you were still in South, South Africa. I was in South Africa until 2002. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and we talked about going to the mall or what libraries were like before we had the internet yeah that's fair uh, yeah well things like that i remember going to like try and sign up for the internet do you remember do you remember having to ask like i remember having to ask my parents if i can use the internet because at that point it wasn't like just a thing that was hooked up you have to like dial into the internet like dial up internet internet. Uh, my earliest memories of the internet were literally aol like aol messenger yeah aol messenger Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Get into like Hell those yeah. chat rooms with a bunch of creepers. That you would get everywhere. <laughs> See, now this is computer. so fascinating because everyone's talking to me about chat rooms on AOL and I never did that. I just had really? like friends on AOL. Wow. No, I never did like public chat rooms or anything. It was just friends of mine who would be like, hey, add me on AOL. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And it was like, as if, you know, the same way that you can see the, like the icons on Skype. Yeah. It was like uh-huh. that. You just click onto the icons or whatever and you can have a chat with those people. I was never yeah. in chat rooms and stuff, though. That was that's interesting. Yeah, 
shouldn't I, I don't think I should have been <laughs> between the ages of like zero and 10 <laughs> I don't think I should have been in any chat rooms yeah my my first exposure to the internet was in college in the early 90s and um what? and by the time commercial internet started hitting homes um it was around the same time um so I knew people in college who had had like you know, dial up to a bulletin board system kind of things, but they were very rare. Oh. By the time I left college in, in 96, it was everyone was talking about the computer and having to get online and having an email address. And, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, the World Wide Web was this newfangled thing and everyone had to upgrade Windows 95 to 98 if they wanted to be able to run the latest uh you know browser or whatever (laughs) right and look at you now you run (laughs) you help run retro replay website retro replay solid segue i don't know Uh, thank you thank you sir i I don't run Um, anything (laughs) but no well you do you help set it up and you help run it um do you want to, I mean, I know that people can go back to the website episode and listen in and how yeah. I guess that came yeah. about, yeah. but do you want to just catch us listen up? Like, that. what was the process of this? Did you, obviously you have a background in training and IT. I have uh, a, what about websites or web design? I haven't added it to that too, because oh, I wanted wow. to mention, Steph, before the website, you also did mm-hmm. the uh, Retro Replay newsletter, correct? That's right. Yeah. So what I, when I, I feel like seeing... that was a yeah footwork so like (laughs) about a year into retro replay right when we were starting to have that ability to talk in the live chats and get to know each other because early on we didn't have that and then later on we we started having these ways of talking to each other um we saw little factions building you know and that's normal because you you talk to people who you're comfortable talking with and have something in common with, not just retro replay, but oh, then yeah. you That's find that normal. you also are fans mm-hmm. of this or fans of that. And so you go off into your little corners and you talk and whatever. Um, and I felt like, you know, these people on this side were really good friends and these people were really good friends, but they would look at each other over a gap and probably not realize that, hey, if they had the right conversation, they could create mm-hmm. one big group. So I uh, that's what I wanted to do. So I, I reserved a domain, what was it, replayernews.net. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I literally just put a Google Doc together that... Um, was little news stories about replayers in the community. So I would, I would hear some little tidbit from somebody that I was following on Twitter, and I would say, "Hey, can I write a little story in in the the thing?" Or, and then I would share the email address and say, "Hey, email me a story if you want to share a story." And if you have events that you're planning, because everyone's going to conventions and wanting to make sure that they <laughs> met each other, you know. Yeah. So that's what I did. I just I literally pointed the domain to the Google Doc and that was that was the replayer news for a few months. <laughs> and there was a time too where you started sharing our podcast as well. Like you would have a, exactly. a hype you would have a, you know, here's something within the community. There's the replayer podcast yeah. along with other replayers and other events they were doing. And I believe there was one or two other mm-hmm. replayers out there who have podcasts as well. 
that yeah. you might have attached yeah. to there. And um, I remember early on having conversations with you that may have also influenced the involvement with the website too. <laughs> yeah, because I because I was um, I was trying to to keep the thing to keep this this uh, you had a wiki page, going, right, or but something? I felt. Was that? Did you have a wiki page? Uh, I tried to create the replayer wiki. That didn't mm. go very far because that oh. takes a lot of time to put together yeah. a wiki. Yeah. Um, I actually preserved all the information into a Google Doc, so I have an archive of it. Oh, um, cool. That was that was <laughs> me trying to document uh, each episode of uh, Retro Replay and like the significant events wow. during each episode. That's why and, we talked. Quotes because and, there was a wow. time when Pagan and I. Mm-hmm. had considered doing the same thing yeah and i actually God, started time consuming i started so re-watching the original episode and noting how long they were how many mm-hmm. uh, like how many deaths there were how many appearances mm-hmm. of uh christopher walken there was how many, like i was t- <laughs> noting any little thing i could and i started building a document like that and it was like kind of along those same lines yeah it is time consuming though i do agree yeah. i mean i had to um do some of that research anyway for the retro replay podcast when they were doing uh retro rewind stuff mm. yeah, yeah yeah so i'd be like going back through them and like watching them and making notes and making notes super fucking fun <laughs> time consuming yeah. but fun as hell yeah um, yeah for sure like a one hour pod or a one hour episode would usually take me about four hours to just kind of jot everything down that I wanted to, to sit because I was trying to capture all the quotes that were fun that yeah. especially if you do like timestamps like <laughs> like that's all very oh, no, tedious. The, yeah, yeah. That, that's next level right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this eventually, uh-huh. like this, um, I guess, enthusiasm for wanting to dive dive into those episodes that that led you to the website. How did how did this come about? Like your involvement with ThreatReplayShow dot com. So I had talked to Dan, and then mm. I guess Brandy was also in those conversations. Yeah, like if I can give uh, any insight to that, the way I remember yeah. it was, um, kind of early on when Drew was saying that they're looking at reworking the website. And yeah, I had known through talking to you, Steph, about what you were doing with the newsletter and the archive and Brandy's background with like editing and setting up shows and things. And I, mm-hmm. I essentially put it to both of you, like, maybe you talk to Drew. Yeah. And, like the two of you reached out to him, you know, and kind of like established this groundwork. And you basically said, Here's what we've done. Like, obviously, you mm-hmm. you got this role for a reason. Like, Drew didn't just hand it to you guys. He saw what right. you've done. You saw the the what you've done in the past, the the commitments you've taken, and the work that you've done in different experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I my involvement was a little bit at, like outside of it. Beyond <laughs> that, though, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had written. Uh, several years ago, I wrote for HowStuffWorks.com. Mm. Uh, I actually wrote under the pen name Stephanie Crawford because there was already a Stephanie Watson writing Hi. for them. So <laughs> that's a so cool pseudonym, though. That's a good one. <laughs> Thanks. That was uh, a one of my grandmother's maiden maiden names. Oh, uh, 
Yeah. And so I, um, I had a little bit of background of being able to write articles for websites. Um, Going all the way back to the early 90s and my (laughs) college years when the web was this newfangled thing, I learned how to make websites too. So so I actually have uh, some background on that. And I do that uh, as part of my work too. So we we do some HTML level um, stuff uh, in what we do. Ah, okay. Um, trying to tweak uh, it's one of those things where the tool can't do but about 90 percent of what we need uh and so me as being the person who knows html goes in and does the other 10 percent <laughs> make it do what we want it to do yeah uh so i felt really comfortable i'm i'm totally comfortable with uh website work um so from either the writing standpoint or the um the programming standpoint so it felt natural to so want to volunteer in that capacity how did that go from there like i remember i remember you and brandy talking but then what happened like you guys came together to approach drew correct yeah i think brandy reached out first uh because she reached out to him and had a conversation then reached out to me and had a conversation Mm. and then the three of us started talking at intervals as drew said hey we've really we've got some ideas but things aren't fleshed out yet but we want to make sure that we're that you're in the loop uh so we would check in with him every few weeks as things got closer to when he said he would need to loop us in and uh eventually the conversations just turned from uh him giving us updates to him um telling us okay what's next and then we uh then <clears throat> I guess my instinct is also project management. I have a little bit of a project management uh, mindset when it comes to these things. And mm-hmm. um, so I jumped in and said and proposed, okay, the next thing is you give us the list of contributors and let's just get all the contributors right, right. together to talk about what this is going to look like. And that so actually, we had that initial list. That cool. comes back to a tweet that Drew did back in January, I think, of yep. last year, where he actually tweeted year. out saying, we're looking to grow Retro Replay. If you're a writer, creator, what have you, send me something. Mm-hmm. And I'm yep. sure there was hundreds of people, like myself yeah, included, sure. and others um, mm-hmm. who had sent something to Drew to say, you know, yeah, here, this is what I do. I don't know what you need it for, but here you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I knew that I knew that my time of, of being able to do my own newsletter was kind of, it was getting, it wasn't necessarily that I didn't have the time, but I wasn't getting input enough from the community to really justify continuing, keeping mm. that going. Fair. Uh, and with a with the website redesign, Drew's vision was to have the community engaged on the site. So I'm like, that's the piece that we were missing, mm. that that place to come together. So I, you know, my newsletter would then become redundant because we would have a place to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so I I start pouring my energy into that. Uh, yeah. Now the incredible. domain redirects to the website. <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> 
And so, I mean, what what do you do with your job for Retro Replay then on the website? Do you um, help curate content? Do you run any behind the scenes or anything like that? How, what does your job with Retro Replay's website, uh, I guess, management look like? Uh, so I do a little bit of project management. So uh, that's looking at it from the back end and our, and our, uh, we're using Asana as a, a project management tool. Um, and looking at, you know, what's coming up, what's currently in our queue, um, looking at the overall schedule, seeing where we have gaps that we need to fill, uh, and trying to get the right conversations going with the contributor team, because I like to think of us as a team, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and talk with them about, okay, here's where we're having gaps, or here's the kind of topics we might um, that, that a lot of people are starting to talk about now, uh, you know, see if you want to grab one of those or, um, this person's looking to collaborate on this topic, see if you can jump in and help them out. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to look for ways to, to get the team, you know, uh, engaged in, in particular areas, but also just editing is, is a big part of it. Editing. So, uh, I, I I am an editor professionally, so it made sense for me to to apply some of what I do uh, to retro replay. And as an editor, I I always tell people an editor's not there as a step, as a barrier, as a gateway that you have to get through. An editor is part of your team. <laughs> an editor is there to get the best of you mm-hmm. out to your audience. Um, and, you know, it's it's a facilitator, not a barrier. So mm. uh, I've, I've been able to jump on calls with the contributors and, and actually have conversations about how to improve a little part of their article. And I make sure that I'm capturing their words. I'm asking them questions instead of telling them what to write, you know, and and trying to, to I wouldn't say coach, but a little bit of, of mentoring, advising uh, for those who don't have much of a writing background, because we do have a lot of contributors that have got great ideas and great articles. Uh, they just need a little bit of the help getting from basic writing to, you know, the article writing level that, mm-hmm. that would be good for the site. So I'm helping, I'm helping move them to, uh, across that gap and, and making sure that the, the best of their stories are coming through. Um, so, so I feel like it's, it's a team mm-hmm. effort when I do editing. So I, most of my time is spent in that capacity. Um, and then other than that, I also send out a weekly update to everyone kind of letting people know the bigger picture of what's going on behind the scenes. I think that comes from working at Red Hat. I, it's an open company. Mm-hmm. Transparency is really important. Um, and uh, the more people know about what's going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the better they can have conversations, the more confident they are, uh, the less fear they have uh, about um, yeah. what, what they put forward so sure yeah. people aren't sitting there wondering like um hmm, hmm. hmm. No, that why hasn't like a drew published role. this thing yet <laughs> well drew's just had a baby and uh <laughs> <laughs> did what <laughs> what this needs to me no wonder he wasn't returning my calls <laughs> 
no, you're doing a great job with the website, though. Yourself and Brandy are really killing it with the website and content oh, yeah. and all of the creators Couldn't coming together. Um, oh, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. like you guys are such a great team and you work really well yeah. together. So I, that's visible from the website and how well it's doing. So and we're getting some really great content over there. The articles that are for being sure. written are just they're different, but in a good yeah. way you know in and, a good way yeah right, exactly like some of the perspectives that we're getting on the website for different things are just i wouldn't expect to find them anywhere else honestly and it's mm-hmm. it's definitely unique and it's actually extremely humbling and flattering when i see somebody write an article and they talk about you know me or pagan or brandy they they shout out other replayers saying yeah. like you know they had an involvement in this where they influenced this decision. So yeah, Yeah. I'm excited. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. I I know (laughs) you want to get in there too. You want to share your passion. I understand. (laughs) No, I just think like it is very, um, it just feels very like a team. Yeah. And community driven community. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I definitely wanted sure. it to feel that way. And I, I did start a Discord server so that we could actually all talk as contributors um, and, and have more of that collaborative space as well. Uh, and that has helped, I think, a lot in making people feel a little bit more connected to each other and mm-hmm. not just, you know, not just a contributor to the website, but a contributor to a bigger effort that we're mm-hmm. all trying to do here. For sure. And if anybody wants to go check out those articles, you can find them on Um, One of the articles actually that we are going to do that we, we've started implementing shouting out articles that are on the website that are available oh, yeah. for you to read right now. And one of them is uh, by yourself, I believe, our pandemic vocabulary. Stephanie. I believe it's Stephanie Watson. Uh you might know her, Crawford. formerly known as Stephanie Crawford. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that article before we close out the show? Uh, yeah. So um, it's been an interesting year, right? Yeah. For everybody. For sure. <laughs> um, a lot of what connects us uh, is comes from the language we use the to talk to each other. And... Um, one of the reasons dialects form is not only being within a specific region, but because we want to communicate with the person next to us and connect with them. Uh, and in certain languages, you've heard it with twins, you know, twins develop their own language because, you know, they're connected. Um, and I think what happened with this pandemic is that as people found new ways to communicate because they couldn't communicate in their old ways, they found new circles, social circles. They found mm-hmm. new social formats. Um, and as a result, they d- developed their own bits of language around those. Um, for example, Among Us became such a big phenomenon uh, as people because you didn't have to have a game console to play it you know you can do it on your mobile phone so more people could get engaged and and play that so some of the the vocabulary around that game started filtering out into other parts of your life like i have 
I've told people I thought they were sus um, outside of the game uh, because like, I, eh. I doubted what they were trying to tell me. That's I am. Um, <laughs> I literally <laughs> just bought a T-shirt. <laughs> I've just bought a T-shirt that says, "If you're reading this, not gonna lie, that's kind of sus." <laughs> like, <laughs> There's a picture of a of a Among Us character on it. I just I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and and some words change too, right? So um so face masks. If somebody said like 12 months, you know, mm-hmm. a, over a year ago, hey, I'm gonna go buy out a face mask, <laughs> what would be the first thing that pops in your head, right? Oh, you're gonna get something for Halloween. It's not even Halloween yet. Are you or, doing or some something. painting or something? Are you doing some painting? Uh yeah. Yeah. Um, but but now we pay, everyone has masks that they use to go out in public. So yeah. Custom uh, masks. So fantastic. Specialty masks. Honestly, Designer like, mask. I don't know. Got a Rolex mask. Because I know <laughs> like China had obviously done this uh, for years prior, and uh, uh, especially in like yeah. Asian airports. If you ever passed through Asian airports, you would very seldom not see somebody with a, with a face mask on. Yeah. Right. Um, the pollution levels being very common right. over there. Right, that's true. And yeah. also, I believe it's a cultural thing. I did ask somebody about this once, and it was a cultural thing that like if you felt unwell, you were polite enough to wear a face mask to not infect somebody else. Uh, yeah. Like yeah. that's how they were mm-hmm. raised or something. You can correct me if I'm wrong, chat. You can put it in the in the comments. But that's a, that's what I've been told. I can say so I've I was... seen that firsthand because I've been to Hong Kong and I've seen people oh, okay. walking around wearing face masks, you know, randomly. Like not everybody, just intermittently. Just people, yeah. I just think that's so fascinating. And then like when we all started wearing them and like you'd go around and, you know, when we were in level three for – like five weeks that it happened in the last year um Mm -hmm. when we could actually go out and go downtown and everything and people were still out and they were all wearing face masks it it felt so strange and i was like this is so alien to us almost and yet it is something that is just regularly cultural in another part of the world and then Hmm. and then i was like but this is genius think of the advertising (laughs) (laughs) it's like just think of wearing something just to advertise i'm like oh Oh, brilliant. <laughs> we, we saw that in uh, yeah. the elections season yeah. here in the U.S. People were doing their campaign logos on, on masks. Hell, since <laughs> the pandemic's happened, I've had probably four different face masks with new video games on them. Along oh, Amazing. Wow. Because I think, like, I mean, look, it's a shitty time, right? Nobody's going to, like, sugarcoat that. It's can shit right. time. Um, absolutely but to wear a face mask like honestly like i have uh, i have a couple that are either just black or gray or something and there's one in my drawer in count? my bedroom that's um you should definitely <laughs> wear that out that will definitely protect you from all of the diseases down um, it's, it's a little solid and hard but <laughs> you can make it work strap it on be fine <laughs> that's what she said um <laughs> anyway so i have like i have that? a i have a face mask that's like rainbows and like it's just like a really colorful bright one and i'm like i fucking love this mask because it makes mm-hmm. me feel so nice and like happy and the situation shit but like we can all just wear something that like represents our own personality or i have a godzilla one that's nice right i have it's almost I have like one with rhinestones <laughs> i want one do you Seth. wear a cowboy hat with it Please wear a cowboy awesome. hat with Please, it. Please, yes. 
You have to. Please, yes. So I you can love, say, I love a rhinestone one. I'm the rhinestone cowboy. <laughs> Please, yes. I. You know what? I didn't see a rhinestone one the other day. I saw like a sequined one and I was like, oh, oh tempting. nice. Very nice. tempting. But it's also become like an expression now, isn't it? Like an expression of uh, taste and personality too because of mm-hmm. how we're hiding half of our face all the time. And it's right here. Like, you can't not see that when you're talking to somebody, like if you're out in public or. Yeah, true. Like, you can't not see what's happening right here. And two things. One, it's super great for winter because it keeps your face warm. Yes. So good. (laughs) I was so thankful for this. I was like, this is the best fucking thing because your face is always warm. I'm like, yes, it's great. Second thing is, people still recognize me. And I know that sounds so <laughs> stupid, and I don't mean like a oh, I'm famous, they recognize me. What I mean is like people downtown that I know will still be like, oh, hey, Peggy, and they'll start waving at me. And I'm like, yeah, I saw someone I knew in the in the grocery store the other day, and I'm like, like I've taken my, uh, yeah. like my makeup off, so and my hair off, and I just have so many like, like comic books and TV shows where a character just puts a mask on, and like, they're unrecognizable. <laughs> right, but as soon as you cover their eyes, unrecognizable true so people mm-hmm. so there actually is like must be like a psychological recognizability with it's the, the eyes. eyes and the top half mm-hmm. of your face whereas if you cover the, this half it's almost unidentifiable from the bottom half well think about uh um, there's a there's an episode in this <laughs> there's this, a whole episode in this the princess bride he covers the top half of his face yeah mm-hmm. zorro yeah like yeah <laughs> the teenage mutant ninja turtles yep. <laughs> yes. that's it <laughs> They'll never know we're turtles. They'll never know Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Thank you so much. for Not at all. Thank you so much for being here today on this very special episode where we got to know Stephanie Watson, the the lady behind the Retro Replay Show website. (laughs) One of. One of the ladies. One of the ladies behind the Retro Replay Show website. That's made it what it is today. So thank you so much for being here. Um, Do you want to promote socials or anything that um, you want to? (laughs) Yes, cheers to more. Um, of course, yes. everybody go and read our panic, our pandemic vocabulary uh, article on Um, But is there something you'd like to promote? Uh, so uh, a couple of things. I You can follow me on Twitter at Stephanie Does VO. Um, and uh, the Gen X Replay podcast, if you look, uh, it's Gen J, uh, G-E-N-X Replay, all one word. By the way, not related to the retro replay thing. I reserved that domain like years ago. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, that's all one word. So look for Gen X Replay Podcast um, on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. It's also on anchor.fm. Um, I'm also uh, acting in a um, comedy detective story podcast cool. called The Potchkey Audio Chronicles. Uh, and it's it we're all volunteers we don't get paid so it's it's kind of come out sporadically um but we're getting ready to release a couple of new episodes soon so uh look for that on potchkeyaudiochronicles.com and on your favorite podcast platforms and um that's that's me <laughs> oh, thank you we'll pop all of those links in um in the show notes below for everybody to- um yeah, but thank you again for for being here and joining us today on this special episode yeah. and letting us yes. letting us 
poke you with questions. Uh, it's It's been lovely and very insightful. Um, if anybody has questions about the podcast, about Stephanie, about anything really regarding retro replay, you can send them over to members at retro replay show.com or the replayer podcast at gmail.com. And we will also be able to answer your questions uh, there specifically. If you have membership questions though, members at retro replay show.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can stay up to date with all of our podcast uploads by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook too, which is the Replayer Podcast. And we'll link uh, that in the show notes of the episode. So, thank you, guys. Let's. Uh... And you can always find and us on show.com Yes. <laughs> oh, retroreplayshow.com. Just just paste that about twenty times in the show notes. Bang bang just bang. Be like, Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts.